praise the Lord. It's good to have refreshing music. Amen. We thank the Lord for this evening and for those of you faithful brethren who have been able to make it tonight. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can open to 1 Kings chapter 11 from verse 1. It reads that King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, and from the nations whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, neither they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love, and he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father, David. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for tonight and for the privilege of coming to hear from you and for you to strengthen us. We pray, O oh God, that we will receive light to the end that we will not be influenced by evil, but we shall overcome evil and resist evil that comes our way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, originally, the topic is supposed to be how to avoid evil influence. But I've had to modify it um, for certain reasons, particularly relating to scripture. So we'll take how to overcome evil influence. How to overcome evil influence. I will explain as we get along. You know, many great people who have served God have ended up not with a very good record. After serving God very well, laying a very good foundation, being known for great things, when it mattered most, they didn't end up well. And one clear example in the Bible is King Solomon. A man who, the way he experienced God, even in the, under the New Covenant, the New Testament, many of us haven't seen anything like that. Because the Bible says, in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to him. How many of us have seen the Lord appear to you before? Amen. And the scripture says, the day that he was opening the temple, there was such a presence of God that the priest could not stand to minister. He prayed some powerful spiritual prayers. The worship he brought before God, the sacrifices and the oblations that he brought before God was so, so Attractive to the Lord 
and are appealing to the Lord that the glory of God came down. Many of us, when we pray, sometimes we feel as if our prayers are just hitting the wall. But Solomon experienced God in a very spectacular way. Hallelujah. But if you look at the story we just read, we didn't finish it all. Because it talks about the fact that he even built temples for his heathen wives. And many things, bad things that he did, that God was even angry with him. Hallelujah. So it's possible for a child of God who is trying hard, serving the Lord, worshipping, being gifted, being recognized, to do well. But because of influence. And the truth of the matter is that whether we like it or not, we are either influencing or will be influenced. Hallelujah. June 4th just passed a few days ago. Former President Rawlings used to say that you are either a part of the problem or a part of the solution. Hallelujah. So whether you like it or not, your life influences people. Or other people's lives influence you. The other thing that we all have to admit is that whether we like it or not, the influence can be positive or negative. Hallelujah. And so there's no middle line. At any time T, you are either influenced positively or negatively. And you, you don't even have to talk. You don't have to be a preacher to influence people. You don't have to be a leader to influence people. Neither you have to be a subordinate to be influenced. The scripture talks about Herod, the Herod, whose daughter danced. And he was so excited. He said, anything you want, I'll give you. He was influenced. And he said, the daughter was influenced. Said the daughter told the mother. The mother said, I want the head of John the Baptist. He had no choice but to do what the daughter wanted. So a king can be influenced. So can a servant be influenced. A priest can be influenced, so can a congregation member be influenced. But tonight, we are dealing with the subject of evil influence. Hallelujah. How do you overcome, you and I, overcome evil influence? Now, there are many examples of people who are influenced in the Bible. A king like Asa, a descendant of David, who was doing so well. If you read Second Chronicles, you read about his story. From chapter 14 to 16, and Jehoshaphat. These were great guys, great reformists, revivalists. You would equate him to any of these um, uh, Luther or any of these guys, Charles, uh, John Wesley, or anybody like that. Only that at the end of it all, they did things that showed that they were influenced in a way that it displeased God. May you and I not do things that shows that we have been negatively influenced. Say amen. So when I say that the avoidance is not very uh, safe because, see, it's not possible to avoid being influenced. 
Because influence doesn't, is not initiated by you or me. Are you getting me? When, when, when Satan decided to tempt Jesus, he was influencing him, trying to influence him. So he, there's no way Jesus could have stopped him from tempting him, but Jesus could stop him from overcoming him. That's why Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. So the, the reality of life is that none of us can totally avoid evil influence in the reality of it. No matter what you do, evil, evil influence will always try to come. That's why the Bible said in the, in the book of Genesis, it said to about, uh, uh, the Lord said to Cain, he said, sin is crouching at your door. So, the, whether you can fast 40 days, Jesus fasted, and after the fast, the, the, the devil came. Pray. You can decide to lock yourself like Michael Jackson, the late Michael Jackson did. Decide to just be in a cage. Don't do anything. Evil influence is in the air. It's coming through your mind. So you can't, we can't, none of us can totally avoid it. Either directly, there is direct influence, there is indirect influence. Sometimes even by watching TV, watching a movie, watching an environment, sometimes even irritation of society. You just look around, you look at how, there are people who are influenced by the, all the, the political things going on. They decide to do something bad. So, if the people that have power can do A or B or C, Tell me too, when I get government money, I'll keep it. I think a few months, a few years ago, there was a case like that. Kolebu, yes. Kolebu Hospital. There was a case like that. They said when the money goes into the central fund, it doesn't get to where they want them when they need it. So departmental heads began to chuck the money. And they too, they were putting in drawers. Because they don't want, they don't want that central fund to go and later when they want them to chop, they can't get. No. So they were influenced by the way the system was being run. Even though nobody made an announcement that, oh, from today, anybody who is not getting enough money, start creating your own account and run it your own way. Nobody made that announcement. But the people were influenced by what they are seeing from afar. So you might think, or I might think, that, oh, what I'm doing, it doesn't, it's me, my life. Every one of us is somehow being influenced by something or the other. And it's important to be conscious of it. And equally, your life and your actions and inactions are also influencing somebody. Hallelujah. And that's why it's important, the scripture says, let each man take heed how he acts or what he does. Because everything we are doing is affecting somebody or the other. We may not open our mouth to say, go and kill Go and lie, go and steal, go and do all the things that are bad. But by the things we say and do, or we don't do. For example, when we see what is wrong and we don't say anything about it, we don't do anything about it, we are indirectly endorsing it. So indirectly we are, we are teaching others who are coming up that, oh, there's, if you see something wrong, don't say Because if you are careful, you say it, they will label you. So many of us grow up believing that, oh, we want to protect our skin. And because of that, we, we see no evil, hear no evil. 
Hallelujah. That's the philosophy that we operate by. So when we are in the working environment, we are in the family, we are among friends, we don't see anything. We don't hear anything. We only, we just want to be fine with everybody. And that's the form of influence. Indirectly we are saying that compromise. That's the message we are sending out. The same way, when we observe that from those around us, we also keep that habit. Hallelujah. Tonight, I'm going to trust God to help us to appreciate what leads to, what are some of the basics relating to um, evil influence. As I've said, there is passive and there is also active influence. Passive is meaning that it's not coming to you directly, but just by observation, just being in the environment. You see an active influence in the case of Daniel. The king said, I am making food. Daniel chapter 1. Everybody, all these children I'm raising, before they eat, the food will be taken to the fetish to be shown. So, that's active influencing idolatry. Telling them that go and practice idolatry. Now, indirectly also, the king makes a law, generally, that look, when we are in this environment of Babylon, if you hear the sound, nobody should worship any other one but this gold image. So indirectly, that even though he's not coming to stand on your shoulder and tell you that, stop serving the God of Israel, he's indirectly telling you, change from serving the God of Israel to serve my God. So directly, both directly and indirectly, People have been influenced to change their loyalty. Now, if you look at the way, for example, a culture like now we have, where like every Tuesday, especially when the European season is on, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, many young men have to be by a, a club or TV, or even some of the women also, by a place where they are showing um, soccer, European soccer. If it's Man U or Real Madrid, it's a major match. Everything has to be put aside. It's an indirect influence. Nobody will tell you that, oh, don't go to church on Wednesday. But it's a culture. It's like the hip life culture. It's like the fashion culture. If you're, I guess your point, when you're, you're not dressed a certain way, you look odd. True or false? If you're on a campus and everybody is wearing I'm aware, and you are not wearing I'm aware, you are wearing something else. It may look like you are a bit... So, indirectly, the influence is catching up. You also have to try to look a bit trendy. And in trying to look trendy, even though you are a Christian, you may cross a certain line. You've got to be trendy, you've got to be fashionable, look sharp. It's good. To smell good, look good, good cats, and all of that. Eat well, sleep well, it's good. Everybody likes it. No, but everybody living here on earth likes a bit of comfort. It's because many people have experienced it. They will criticize, they will be jealous and all of that. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Amen. We all like some level, degree of comfort. When those days when mobile phone came, people didn't have mobile phones. Oh, you don't need it and all of that. Today is a necessity. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a situation where a culture which leads one to deviate from the, the way of God. 
That doesn't speak well. That doesn't speak a testimony which is good about God. Hallelujah. And I'm saying that every one of us is a potential evil communicator or an evil uh, communication influence. In other words, you are a product of influence one way or the other. And depending on how you overcome, you rather influence others. Say amen. Now, in the book of Second Peter 2, verse 7, the scripture talks about Lot. This, and delivered Lot, the righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Hallelujah. Verse 8 asks that, For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. So by seeing and hearing, a person is easily influenced. Hallelujah. And it has been influenced, there are degrees of the influence. The fact that he wasn't actively practicing those things doesn't mean that he didn't begin to long for. And if God had not taken him out of that place of Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm telling you that Lot would have probably disowned his wife and taken on a male husband or wife. That's what the scripture is saying. Now as he was seeing, a time came as he was seeing and hearing the way that people behaved, he was finding nothing wrong with the way they behaved. And every one of us, don't kid yourself. That's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Hallelujah. Once upon a time when we were much younger Christians, I remember a brother who became a very well-known preacher. I wouldn't mention his name. In the country, he said, oh, you can be very holy, he can be very holy and very powerful that he can even bath with sisters and he will not be tempted. You know that is not true. Hallelujah. That is self-righteousness. So sometimes people can get into these, I'll say, extreme views. But because of the world in which we live, there is always the need for caution. Hallelujah. Everybody ought to know that he or she can be potentially influenced negatively or by evil. And that is why it's important to know your environment, to surround yourself aright. Because if you don't check your environment right, the scripture we've just read says, at that righteous one, you can be very good. You can love God. You can fear God. But if you're always seen, those of us who are in secondary school, in schools, high school, university or secondary school, you have very good friends and all, even though you are supposed to be a Christian, we don't, when they come to the campus, all your friends are the very wild guys who are known to be troublemakers, but always love entertainment and all of that. You can't convince me that you will not be affected. Hallelujah. You will surely be affected. It's a matter of time. It may not come today. It may not come tomorrow. But maybe in your secret world, it's happening. Because when you go, you may experiment some of the things. Say, oh, this one is not that person. So with time, you begin to find it, find nothing wrong with the things they do. Hallelujah. 
I've seen from the scriptures, and I'll just run off these points, basics, then we'll move on to the main meat. That influence is no respecter of status. Write it. Influence, evil influence, does not respect your status. Like I told you earlier, you look at Herod and you look at his wife. Look at Ahab and Jezebel. Kings, these are kings. Look at Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, in 1 Kings 12 and 13. The guy is installed king. And the first thing he does, the scripture says, he surrounds himself with young people, immature people. And he first declares the, old, the, the people that the father left for him. And the next thing is that he surrounds himself with immature, inexperienced people. Then he tells the people that I'm going to punish you. I want to give you more work. And the elders tell him, no, please don't. And the young men say, no, go ahead. Double their task. And he listens to the young people. And we saw what happened. Ultimately, the Bible said, all the nation of Israel was broken into two. He fulfilled a negative prophecy. Don't let your life fulfill a negative prophecy because of evil influence. Hallelujah. When we are influenced negatively by evil, there are consequences. And we see in Rehoboam's life, a man who inherited all the wealth of Solomon, all the greatness, all the authority, but because of wrong influence. So if you are influenced negatively or by evil, let's not think that, oh, it's nothing. It's a matter of choice. It's today's society makes us believe that, oh, everything we rationalize and say, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't make any difference. It's your viewpoint against my viewpoint. But let me say to you, my dear brother, my dear sister, that when you make a choice, there will be consequences for every choice we all make. Hallelujah. So if I decide to allow myself to be influenced by an evil environment, or an evil person, or an evil group, I'm not going to walk away free. You too, if you decide to allow yourself, that's why you must keep your gates to stop it. Because that's for the coming to come. As for the influence of they wanting to win you to their side, it will come. Negative influence to have an attitude towards people around you. To be rebellious. To be stubborn. To be disrespectful. To be lustful. To be, to be recalcitrant in doing wrong things. To be joined in, 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 in unison, uh, uh, harmonizing with people that are doing evil. To be rebellious openly. To be critical. If they will come. There will always be people who will encourage you to rebel. There will always be people who will tell you that even though what can be waka 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 people will tell you that there is nothing wrong with standing up to your husband or standing up to or abusing your wife, insulting her or somebody who is older or to authority under the guise of defending your rights. Hallelujah. As contrary to the scripture which tells us that why don't you allow yourself to be cheated? So you look like a fool. There will always 
people will tell you, tell him that you are not weak. Show him that you are not weak. Tell him that you are in charge. Hallelujah. How many have had people tell us that before, indirectly or directly? Yeah. Where somebody is provoking you, where somebody is insulting you, and people are cheering you on, even though the thing is wrong, their response is wrong. They are cheering you and it looks like it will, it will redeem your personality, to redeem your image. And it's very easy. We, even, especially if you are a, a man, a woman of authority. If you are in a position, you are older than a person. You are more, much, much more endowed in terms of resources. You are richer. You are a class. You are a class. You are a class. You are a you have to let them know that you too, you belong somewhere. You are from somewhere. And you will see people who will encourage you. Hallelujah. And I'm saying that people of status can be negatively influenced or influenced by evil. Your age. Let me say this. People of high so-called spiritual or moral standing can even be influenced by evil. Hallelujah. To do what is wrong. To do something against the purpose of God. And I, give you, I gave you the example of Solomon. A man who could hear God. God appeared to him two, three times in his life. How many of us? Angels don't appear to us. We don't, hear the, we don't, we don't see God the way Solomon saw God. He wasn't all evil. He, at the beginning, he wasn't so. He was very spiritual. None of us have built a temple for the Lord. Solomon built the most beautiful temple on the, on the surface of the earth. Today, we still talk about his temple. He could catch the vision of what God wanted. So, when it came to spirituality, he was very high up there. Don't kid yourself. Because you're a New Testament, Old, New Testament, those old, old Testament, that was Old Testament. Even under the Old Covenant, he was a great man. He's somebody, look at Jesus preaching and says, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any one of these. Hallelujah. Even Solomon, he's become a standard for God's beauty and God's creation. Many of us, we, don't, we haven't reached there. We haven't reached there. Where God appears to you and says, look, stop, stop crying. What, else, what do you want? Tell me what you want. All the, many of the things we want, we haven't even received. I forgot to come and now say that. Tell me what you want. He was that spiritual. He had reached a level of relationship with God. But even in the midst of that, the scripture says in chapter 11 of 1 Kings that he was influenced by the evil of his wives. The point I'm making here, beloved, is that don't be too secure in your spirituality. As to think that I am immune. I read this. Or I hear this. Or I study this. Or I, I pray five times. Or six times. Or six hours. I do this. Because Jesus was tempted with evil influence after 40 days of prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. So, these are just basics to let us understand the kind of thing we are dealing with. And let me also say this. The evil influence is not a one-off thing. Sometimes we wish we could just deal with it once and for all. That's why you, you can you say, oh, let me just fast 
and pray to be over. How many times was Jesus tempted even in the wilderness? How many times did the devil appear to Jesus in the wilderness? Three times. But was that the end of his being influenced by evil? No. When Jesus was ministering to his disciples in the book of John, the Bible said, as he was, he, he healed somebody. The devil came and said, we want to make you a king. They wanted to influence him. To forget about his eternal kingdom and take an earthly kingdom. In the book of, uh, of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus was, after acknowledging chapter 16, Jesus after acknowledging Peter's uh, spiritual insight, said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. After that, what happened? Jesus began to talk about his death. And the Bible said, and Peter took him aside and began to what? Rebuke him. And when he rebuked him, what did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. So he was under influence. This cross thing you are talking about, we are enjoying your kingdom here. Everything is working well and we are happy and we want you to enlarge your kingdom here. Give me, make me minister of finance. Make this one a budget director. Make this one a governor. And let's share the thing. And let's go to Rome. We are going to organize the army. I'll be a general. This one will be a commander. That one will be that. Then when we get to Rome with your miracles, Caesar himself will leave the throne before we get there. Hallelujah. That's how Peter was looking at the thing. That the way you are miracles, we don't need to even sit on a boat to travel to Rome. No. When we sit down, we just be there, you say a prayer, and boom, we whisk us. We are in Rome. We know you can do it. And when you get there, you can even create multitude of military people. And I'm very sure that's how they were. Peter was. So, Master, don't bring this thing about dying. You die, they'll kill you, and then you embarrass us. And then they'll say what? They'll come and worry us at where's your master? No. Don't. He was an evil influence. He was negatively trying to affect, influence Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus had to do what? So, evil influence is not a one-off thing. I wish I could say that. Oh, after my... Uh, one day, a preacher friend of mine, many years ago, also now quite famous, said... I have, we used to go to Legon Gardens to pray and fast. And he did a 30 day fast or so. And then he told us, I have fasted all my fasting for kingdom, for, the, for life. Hallelujah. But you know that it's not true because he's a leader of a church now. I know, you see, someone, when you are young and zealous, you can make some strong pronouncements. Sometimes those pronouncements also help you to achieve certain spiritual heights. They may be wrong, but God out of His mercy and grace will get you back online. Amen. Sometimes we do that. Out of the zeal. I mean, we've all tried to go to mortuary or try to raise a friend's parent who was dead and all of that, believing that it will happen. You know, you, you think you love a brother or sister so much and the person or the parent so much and you hear they are dead and you go and you go around and you are praying and fasting and praying and fasting until, you know, you all get tired and then you go home and you realize that death is part of life. Hallelujah. But it teaches you that even if it doesn't happen, you can still trust the Lord. Hallelujah. But the point I'm making here is that this thing we are talking about, evil influence, is something that doesn't stop once. There is no 
antidote that you are going to say, oh, if I do it, if I do it this time once, I bring oil and pour it through a horn. I don't pour it through a bottle. And the, the man of God or the woman of God come and from today, no evil influence will come near you. Anointing oil one, two, then it gets to one day, a friend of mine, he's not, I don't know, he's not really my friend, but he's a preacher I know. Some prophet went to his church and told him that it didn't happen in this country, so don't look at Ghana. Told him that demons are worrying he and his family. So the Lord has directed him to anoint him and pour the blood, the wine, red wine, like the blood of Jesus, onto him and to his family and anoint the pillars of the church. And I wasn't there, but a witness, a person who was there, another pastor friend who was there told me. He said, and they, 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 they pour the oil, the, the wine, on all the pillars, they pour it on the breacher, and when they finished, the, oil, the wine got finished. And they went back to the town and bought more wine. I'm not sure that all the evil influence in this church are gone. He's still been the demons, they're gone. Because Jesus said, the unclean spirit, when he goes, he goes to look for a place to stay. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. And when he doesn't get, and he comes, where he left off, if it's clean and it's garnished, he goes to look for seven stronger, and they come again. And the state of that man is worse off than before. Hallelujah. So, 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 so an anointing, we can do a seven day anointing service for you alone. And hope that after doing that, all evil influences in your life, character wise, left side, right side, will all be done with. But it doesn't happen that way. When you are free, the enemy goes, he's trying to come again. Even Jesus, until the final day on the cross, the, the enemy tried. Tried many ways to get back to him. And so will he try. That is why the scripture through Peter and through James, chapter 4, verse 7 says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. Resistance. When you say resistance, it means force against force. The enemy who is trying to influence you and I is not coming in gently. Jesus said, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Not physical violence, but mental, spiritual, psychological violence, resoluteness, being firm, being decisive. That I am persuaded, like Paul said, that neither death nor life, angels, things present, things to come, will separate me from the love of God. Hallelujah. That is the violence we are talking about. Psychological violence. Resolute violence. Confidence in violence. Spiritual warfare. That's what we are talking about. And that is the only way, understanding that it's a continuous battle 
Evil influence is not a one-off thing. And it doesn't come one way. Evil influence may be through evil speaking or maybe lust or what. No. The fact that the enemy doesn't care how many angles. Even if he's influencing you through people who speak wrongly. Like getting, um, saying bad things or saying profane things. He will come from other angles. And look at the story of Job. You will understand what I'm talking about. Number one, when the enemy decided to come with an evil, evil, evil thing on him, how did it start? How did it start? Started with his goods. Eh? Hallelujah. Started with his goods. The cattle and all the things that he had. Okay? Then from there what? He touched his family. Getting closer and closer. Then after the family what? He touched his skin. Hallelujah. So, evil influence, does, the devil doesn't know limits when he's trying to influence a person. So, let's not sit and say, oh, as for me, my own is just nakuma no anehame. Oh, it's because of where I grew up and they did No. From there, he's going to graduate into other things. From the heart, he's going to go into low self-esteem. From there, he's going to go to depression. From there, he's going to go to lust. Because sometimes, maybe in the depression, the enemy will try to bring a solution. And the solution will not be a godly one. Then you go on. Or maybe hit you with poverty. Strike all your fans. And because of poverty, you have no choice physically, in the natural, but to resort to some other ways to survive. Either fair or foul means. So, you see, he's always looking for ways to bring evil to your doorstep and to my doorstep. Say amen. So, let's not be complacent and say, oh, me, I fought all my, I finished all my body. It's only, we are near Hame. We are near Hame. We are, 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 it's not like that. Is this only this one which is worrying me? I know that once this issue is solved, I know it will work. It's only the work that I don't have. But if Pastor, you can help me to get where all this evil thing, all this thing, this bad lifestyle I'm in, it will be okay. No. The enemy doesn't work like that. When you get a job, he's going to give you a boss who will torment you and protect your, your anger. When you get a job and you got that, if that boss, that, if you finish dealing with the boss, he's going to bring you colleagues who gossip about the boss and other things and see if you get into it. And you finish that one, he's coming from all angles. I'm not predicting doom. I'm just telling you how it, it works. Hallelujah. So that we all, we don't live in, in a certain, uh, that we are, we are not so spoiled in our minds thinking, oh, it's all well and cool. We are also not afraid. We are not afraid at all. We are confident that he who has begun this good work in us will perfect the same amen. We are not afraid. We know that he has provided his grace. He told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. So me, I know that whatever it is, he can come from seven angles. The Lord will give us grace to knock them all out. Say amen. If you are a child of God, never live in fear of what the enemy will do to you. Hallelujah. He may come from the air. The army say they, they meet you in the air, land or sea. We are covered. I said we are covered. And we are not covered for protection alone. We, you see, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you say, Lord, 
Lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil and lead us not to temptation. What are you saying? You are asking the Lord for divine assistance. And I believe that he hears us. So, like David, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that you make mistakes, you fall. In any case, the scripture says, if I fall seven times, I'll rise seven times. Amen. So, child of God, we are not dealing with a situation where it's all so gloomy just because evil influence around us. And, okay, if so, we will not go out. If so, we will not eat. If so, we will not work. No. Jesus prayed for the disciples. He said, even they, they are in the world, but they are not of the world. The world system is evil. And he said, he himself, he himself said, pre- now I'm about to go. The prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. So we don't have a choice. The world system is around us. The, the influences will come by day, by night. Whether you sleep or not, whether you lock yourself in a room or not, the influence will come. Even the images you have received before you went to, to lock your room, that alone can be coming to you. Images of anger, images of lust, images of, of revenge, images of depression, images of, of, of looking, of, of, of stealing, to make up, cutting corners, to make up. All these images will come. Images of envy, jealousy, they will come. Whether you are on an island, Patmos Island, or you are in the city, the images will come. But God, the scriptures say, but thanks be to God, who always gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, child of God, even though we are talking about evil influence, we are talking about evil influence that you and I have the capacity. We have the ability. We have the tenacity to overcome. We are not talking about influence that we are so scared of. That, 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 that makes us just go hide. Because we've got a, a, a kingdom to possess. We have a vision to, 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 to cross the barriers with the gospel. We, we have a people to stay, take the message to, to redeem. We have a people to transform, to conform to the image of Christ. Say amen. That's our assignment. And if we cannot overcome, we, can, we have no business attracting people to come to Christ. It's because through him, we are done valiantly and we are able to overcome that we can say to somebody, once I was blind, but now I can see. I was in this state like you, where this thing was around me all over. But today... Because of the blood, because of the name, because of the word, I'm no longer a slave to sin. That's what Paul told the Romans. Say, for sin shall not have dominion over you. None of us should be enslaved by sin. See, the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is that the unbeliever, when you are, you, 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 you are not born again, he said, for, for, for sin was our master. Whenever sin just wanted to use you, your, use your body, use your mouth, use your tongue, use your, your imagination, he just came and did, you, we all did what he wanted. But in Christ, now, the Holy Spirit takes over. So, if we do it, it's because we have surrendered authority. So, don't you know that to whomsoever you decide to make Lord or rule over you, him have you become made Lord? You see Romans 6, I think, 16. 
Don't you know that to whomsoever you desire? So when we are believers, we are no longer slaves to sin. But we, be, we, 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 con- we can decide to consciously submit to sin. So when we sin as believers, it is our decision. That is why we are determined to live as overcomers. Say amen. No evil influence will dwell in us. Amen. Now, why does evil influence overtake believers? I want to give just a few points, about six or seven. Number one, first reason why believers are overcome by evil is what I call naivety. People are very naive. That's why they are easily influenced by evil. In the book of Second Samuel, chapter 15, verse 1 to 12 talks about it, but verse 11 in particular brings out the message very clearly about Absalom. It says, And when Absalom went, 200 men invited from Jerusalem, and they went along innocently and did not know anything. They were faced they were following a rebel, influencing them evil to rebel against his father, David. And the Bible says, and they followed innocently. A lot of believers enter into situations that where evil has the upper hand because of naivety, ignorance. When we say you are naive, it means that you got to. There is a certain expectation of knowledge you should have by a certain age, a certain, a certain level of experience, a certain level of maturity, which you don't have. It's not merely being ignorant, but where you should be, you are not there. And you are totally blind to that information. Hallelujah. Many people are very naive. You, you see young girls who are very naive when it comes to dealing with guys. Oh, my, my roommate said we should go and have a party. They don't even know that these days, Coca-Cola is days laced with all kinds of things. They are happy. They trust all their cosmates. And then the next day, they wake up. Like the, what do you call it? Cosby stories. Bill Cosby stories. You see, when I mention, people are confused. Because, naivety. So if you don't know Cosby story, and you are a young lady, why read the stories? Because if you don't know it, you fall in the same traps. Oh, God, he's a famous actor. Oh, Shatawale, is good. Oh, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, okay. Oh, they said we should go and be ushered at Shatawale Concert, National Theatre, Conference Centre. Hey, hey, Christian sister, what could you put? You are busy, you are happy. Naivety. Oh, they say, oh, they, I was there. Daddy, they came and they said I should be uh, um, um, uh, Miss Ghana number one. And uh, they said, oh, it's nothing. It's just that we will speak nice English. Ah! You have no idea. Naivety. Because we, the, the selection processes and the stories that are going on. Oh, they say, if you, oh, so I, I want you to be praying for me so that when we go to, uh, what do you call the one that stay in, in South Africa for many days and uh, people will be watching every morning. Uh, big brother house it to be a, just uh, to, you have no idea you are very naive very naive 
I was there, and, and my, 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 my mentor on campus said, it's not a, it's nothing wrong. It's just that only, we will not, this one, they don't even, it's not like the one that they wear swimsuit. This one is just normal, you dress your normal dinner wear. Ah. Naivety. That's why a lot of people fall in. Oh, this deal, oh, many of us, a lot of Christians have ended up, ended up in jail because of evil influence. Some deals, some financial deals are too good to be true. When I used to be in the, uh, working for the family, I'll be there. Some of our friends will come. Ah, I've got a shipload of sugar. I said, and we want you to just, we just want your warehouse. I said, my friend, do you know the cost per metric ton of sugar or rice? Even in those days, $300, $400, so you, you know how, what, how many metric tons fill a shipload? I'm talking of 12,500 metric tons to fill a ship. And 12,500 times $300 is how much? 3.75 million, probably. Do you have 3.75 million? You, you sitting here, you are working, you are sweating. Because you, are, you want money, quick, quick, quick. You say, oh, uh, my friend said he will give me from Brazil. Free container. I said, no, this is too good to be true. It's too good to be. It cannot. Who, who, which bank will finance uh, to a warehouse in Ghana, Africa? He doesn't have any assurance. No, are you sure there's no guarantee? Oh, oh. They say once I know where they are going to put it. I mean, they just need this and they'll bring a letter. You just sign. Hey! Now I know there's trouble. See, when you are naive, you enter into temptation for money, desire for money. A lot of the people, Christian businessmen, who people are deceived, land issues, a lot of it, naivety. Evil influence. There's this partnership. Let's go and do this. Let's go and before you realize, Sakawa. Then you are labeled. Do you understand? Because we are often very naive. We don't know much. We don't read much. We don't ask questions. We don't probe. We take everything just like that. Believe anything anybody says. Just because you saw somebody in church. Sometimes people these days, people even look for where people worship and try to go and plan themselves and wait after the service, they hijack you. So you got to be sharp spiritually, sharp mentally. Naivety. 200 men followed Absalom. They didn't know that he, he, he was a cool maker. They didn't know they were mercenaries going to organize school. And they were following him. They said they are going. You don't ask any questions. Number two, why people fall to evil influence is because they have no roots. When you don't have roots, in Matthew 13, 21, Jesus spoke about it, the power of the sower. And because they have no root in themselves, when they get deeper, when it gets rough, when the sun shines, when the things get difficult, when evil comes around, they can't survive. So Paul says to the Romans, uh, to the Colossians in chapter 2 verse 7, that be rooted in Christ. Be planted. You are in church. But there are many things we do in church you, you cannot stand by. You don't understand. When we talk about the communion, many of us come to the table, we don't understand. 
So you go out somewhere and somebody begins to teach you about the blood and the, the body and you, new teachings which have nothing to do with scripture, but because you, you are ignorant, you buy it. Evil influence. Somebody oh, Ninjinaya saw the crop. It's the same church. We are all serving the same God. Because many of us are not rooted in the things that we do. We don't ask, we don't study the things, we don't, we don't care. We are, after being born again, it's just, uh, we, we just follow the thing by root. But if we are rooted, like we heard Brother Pastor Boyd sing, the, like the big cotton tree, where, you know the, where breeze know the shake. You go to now. You stand strong. But many are not rooted. After trade builders, they have finished their Bible. If, I, if we move into dimensions of, of biblical doctrine, we start talking about the Trinity. I say, why do we say Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? Have, give me three scriptures. Why we, are, we, say, we teach about the Trinity. You will see people family. Say, this one, don't come to me. Pastor, please, please. Yeah, the doctrine of the Trinity. The doctrine of the church. The oneness of the church. We don't under, we, many of us don't, don't, don't understand these things. When we talk about the end time, whoa, 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 whoa. there are many people who are in Christ who have never read the book of Revelation. Because they are afraid. They don't know anything about Daniel. They don't know the prophecies. And they don't care. Because once they can say peace and many blessings and get away with it and go on. So when you go meet somebody with a wrong teaching and wrong practice influencing you, you don't know where, where the scripture is. And you say, oh, we've never heard it like this before. Meanwhile, it's the over-witness teaching. Or maybe it's Mormon teaching. Or some other doctrine, which is totally different. And so we don't have positions on, 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 on moral issues. Why do we say abortion is not biblical? We if I ask you, give young man, young woman, give me three reasons why Christians don't believe in abortion. You see, we don't, we don't even ask you, it's not what you say, what you say, what you say, what you say, you're on your back. After all, I mean, it's not born yet. But you have not seen the scriptures. And you are not fully persuaded about it. So when you fall into that situation, or somebody falls into that situation, you are easily influenced. So you're there, oh, now we're crowded. You don't know. And you believe it. Because you are not rooted. But if now that the trouble hasn't come near your door, you have been planted and rooted, and you understand biblical positions on issues that are happening around you, when the thing is trying to come near, you are able to say no. This one, now lie. Even if I've done wrong, let God crucify me. You would rather appear. But because many of us don't understand the things. So anybody can tell you. Even, even the idea of choice of church. The doctrine behind the, the local assembly. People don't understand it. That's why, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm from one, sorry. Though that kind of talk or something like that that we think, we say, it's not because we, of anything, but because of ignorance. Because we are not rooted. If we understand the spirituality, those of us who easily, uh, 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 you have issues. We are talking, you know, these days we are talking about how to build bridges among ourselves. Let's not. Let's build together. Don't, don't do it. Try and find out why do you have to be in church A or B. You will see. God will give you a revelation. There are scriptural basis for the local church. There are things that your husband can do that or your, your family can do. Some of us, even spiritual authority when it comes to uh, marriage, when it comes to even work, we don't have doctrine on work. 
We don't know anything. That's why we can change work by heart. You don't understand. There are biblical principles that guide the way we work. And that's why many believers can't stay in with other Christian workers for long. Because we are not rooted in them. So, and then they will come to pastor and come to a brother. And when they, they are even going, don't go quietly. Then they will make a concern. Say, hey, hey, you see her like that in the church. She's cool, cool like that. In the workplace, not like that. So, meanwhile, the scripture says that you too, there is something expected of you as a, as a servant. You must be loyal. You must be dedicated. You and the people in the world are ganged up against your boss. And you are also pilfering small, small. The things that people are doing, changing figures, you too are changing figures. They are inflating things and, and forging the, 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 what do you call it, the ledger books and the stock cards. And they can't account for the money. And you too, you can't account for the money. And when the boss came, you said, oh, but you peace and many blessings. Now, what, what, what? Amen. Because we are not rooted in these things, we easily fall to evil company. And when we are, we are evil, under evil, evil influence, because when we are not rooted, you don't have a persuasion for doing what you do, or for not doing what you should not do. So anybody can shake you and I off our feet. Say amen. Blind solidarity is another reason why many of us as believers are Influenced with evil. When you say, look at the Bible, in jo, jo, the stories I, I mentioned earlier on at the beginning, in Second Chronicles, Asa and Jehoshaphat. With Asa, God used, God delivered you from Egypt. Then you had a problem with Israel. Then quickly you went for a, a heathen king to come and help you. Blind solidarity. Some of the people we, we, are, we are close to. Even alliances that we have in workplaces. Sometimes even some of our family members. It's not everybody that you must be too, too tight. You must have a, a reasonable amount of relationship with everybody around you. Live peaceably with all men, as the scripture says. But in, within our own network, among siblings and all of that, there are some of them that you know that they, they are, their influence is negative. Some are very quarrelsome among your siblings. You know them. Your cousins, your brothers. And, uh, there are some that will promote you to do things that are ungodly. And the scripture says that Asa, he was a king. A good man. A man whom God used for a revival. In fact, the Bible says he even removed a queen mother because she was practicing idolatry. Great man. Revivalist. Then what happens? Under input, under, because of wrong solidarity. Blind solidarity. That, oh, we need support. We need group. It's good to have team. We, I believe in team. You know I believe in team. Amen. That's why I wrote about dream team. You need team. We all need team. But even in the choice of team, let's, let's, let's be careful that the people we, we, we get, we flow with. Not, not based on sentiments. Not because this person has money, this person has, has got image and all of that. No. Let's look at people. Paul, the Bible says, when Paul said, we know no man after the flesh. Amen. No people in their hearts. Look at the way they, they relate. At that. Don't look at their countenance. Because Paul himself, the people misjudge him. And he said in the scripture, he said, they said his personality, his, his, his speech is so powerful 
by his personality is contemptuous. <laughs> when, they, when you look at him, there is nothing that, he looks like some sickly guy from what I, the description they gave about Paul. But, when you write, read his letters, you see it's very powerful. Hallelujah. And in today's world, I'm very sure that if Paul was a preacher, many people would not like to go to his church. Some of the things he wrote and his personality, there would be a problem. But the scripture says, let us know no man after the flesh. Amen. So, when we follow people blindly, we enter into evil influence. When we are not aware of ourselves, no self-awareness. If you know who you are, where you are going, Jesus, John 6, 15, when they said they wanted to make him king, he knew that he was king of kings. He wasn't king of Israel. So, where he was going was critical. So, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't allow that offer to attract him. That influence meant nothing to him. But many of us, we are easily influenced because we, it's like we are just looking for opportunity anyhow. Anything which will bring, and that's why many young people, especially ladies, excuse me, forgive me, that when it comes to this takeaway, going to Moving Pig, uh, Kampinski, all of these things, easily sweep people off their feet. Take a person to Kampinski or wherever, ah! It takes them off their feet. Young people. Even their boys. Somebody can be in church. Some of these guys who are into drugs and gay and all of that, they just give them mobile phone. Put you in a BMW, 7 Series. Take you around to every, befriend them, and they are happy. They are happy. Sending, calling them, giving them an iPhone. Just an iPhone. Can change somebody's values. Hallelujah. If you know who you are, you are worth more than an iPhone. You are worth more than papaya. Take away. Or eating at a, at a, a state banquet. Or maybe having a weekend at Ada or anywhere like that. Another thing that makes us easily prone to evil influence is that many of us love ourselves. We can't, we can't endure pain for a minute. We love ourselves. So when the affliction, any small thing, we don't, many years ago, I think Auntie, Auntie uh, Cynthia, there used to be a man in foreign affairs, he used to call him small die or die small. I don't know if he's still alive. He's passed. Oh, I remember that nickname so much. And he taught me a lot. He didn't speak to me, but the name, Die Small. Or was it Small Die or Die Small? Small Die. I remember very well. National Service, 1982-83. She was one of my senior sisters there. That name has taught me from all these years. I've learned that when you are a Christian, you must die small. And because many of us don't like to die small, the option of convenience makes us easily prone to be influenced by evil. Are you getting me? If there's a temptation to steal money, 
temptation to give in to lust or anything. There is the option. Or sometimes even insulting back, fighting back to save our dignity. You see, it's all because we love, we, pre, we, we think that we have to fight for our dignity. Or we do solidarity. Fight, stand by another relative or a friend. Or stand by a husband. Stand by, uh, was it Margaret Singana? She said, stand by your man. Stand by your man. So, you are, you are, I'm standing by my man. Whether he or she, my man or woman, whether they are right or wrong. Because of evil influence, we stand in solidarity. We stand. And sadly, we even in the church, we also do sometimes. Even pastors are found. Hallelujah. May God help us. I mean, I, I am fortunate to be involved with many pastors in our communal group. And you'll be surprised. I, don't, I can't go into detail. But you'll be surprised. Things that happen. You can see that the thing the pastor is doing in the public, it's not correct. It's not biblical. But you see pastors, well-meaning, well-known. And everybody on the platform, people will be defending it. Sometimes some of the fundraising tactics, some of the things, I can't, you just can't understand. Because of all these things that I'm talking about. Easily influenced by evil. Because nobody wants to suffer small. Everybody loves their skin. But you see, well, look at Job. How did he overcome evil? When the God was bargaining with him against the, the devil, he said, skin for skin. And yet he endured. Hallelujah. One other thing that can make us or makes us easily prone to evil influence is self-righteousness or judgmental attitude. Many of us are too confident in ourselves and our tactics. Oh, as for me, I, I clean myself. As for me, I know how to pray. As for me, I do. As for me, I know everything. And the scripture says in First Corinthians ten twelve, says, let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. And especially if a brother or sister is found in error or is going through a crisis. I, you know, many years ago, there was an American preacher called Jim Baker. And he had a problem, a moral problem. And when he had a problem, another preacher, his name was Jimmy Swaggart. He, had, he was the one who started PTL, Praise the Lord TV station. But he's a more or less, TBN was more or less started by him. The TBN that we all know. And this guy, he was what we call him the weeping evangelist. He had a press conference. Last, because that time, Jim Baker, oh, he, he, has, he said he has left with this person. He's, he had an air-conditioned dog house. He was living large. He had bought an estate. Oh, the media went to all his estate and there was a big backlash. Then Jim Swaggart issued had a press conference. I said, Jim Baker is a canker to the church. And he must be cut off. If you want to save somebody has breast cancer and they have to save his life or her life, they have to. Your men also have breast cancer. I have a, a friend who's a man who has had breast cancer. He's not dead, he's alive. So men also have. It's very rare, but men also. So if you want to save that person, usually 
you have to cut it off. So he says that Jim Baker is so cancerous to the church that he must be cut off. Within weeks, he was found picking a prostitute, Jim Swaggart. That he was now crying not for another man, not for the souls, now he was crying for himself. Hallelujah. So we all have to learn a lesson from this. That when you see a brother or a sister going through a crisis, don't be quick to judge, especially things we don't understand. Somebody's marriage, somebody's situation, somebody's job, somebody's health. Don't be judged, don't be quick to know. This person, because of the evil he did against this or that, don't, don't be God. Let's not be, always be like we know it all. We don't know anything. There are many things we don't know. Hallelujah. So the scripture said, let he who thinks he stands, take it, let he fall. And usually, when that, what that means is that we are all at the verge of falling. That's what it means. You are almost about, you are just tipping. It will take just one step and you are in. It's just grace that has kept you and I from being labeled. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is why, one of the reasons why a lot of believers fall is that the things that people, they, they criticize, usually that thing comes back to hit them more times than they criticize. Amen. So let us also be humble from this example. And last but not the least, that causes us to be easily taken in is when we don't have a sense of destiny. Jesus also had a, He knew where he was going. He knew his assignment on earth. And that is why he was able to stay on track. Now, this is, these are what we call the the, the conditions precedent that make it easy for a person to be influenced by evil. But when the evil is coming, the scripture has a lot of things to guide us. So number one, how do I overcome evil influence? Number one, know and understand the rules of engagement. Know and understand the rules of engagement. You see, David, King David, first King says Samuel 24, and 20, also 26. He understood the rules of engagement with kinship. That's why he, 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 he did not destroy Saul when he had the opportunity. When people, even influence, people were telling him, oh, you got your enemy. This man has hated you. This is the right time to revenge. He knew the rules of He said, God. the Lord said, that's not my anointed. Many of us, we operate as, in, as Christians who don't understand the rules of engagement. For example, one of the rules of engagement when it comes to money is that we say to ourselves, gain is godliness. But it's not a correct truth. That godliness with contentment is great gain. But we say, and we, we, we evidence it in the church, that oh, if somebody has made money, so then he must have a lot of faith. But in the pastors, we also propagate, we, we make it look like, oh, if you have built your house, if you are doing well, it means, oh, you're, you are standing right and you are doing well with God. We are, how many of us don't get into that? So the, we attend the rules of engagement. In the military that we are in, the kingdom, one of the first rules, when I went to secondary school, 
The first rule they taught us, school rule number one, is obey before complain. So when a senior sends you, whether he's smaller than you or bigger than you, you obey. If you are disagreeing with him, what he says you should do, you disagree. Is there a military rule also? Eh? Obey before complain. Yeah. That's why school rule number one. You are taught. Everybody has to know it. So whether he's killing or not, you finish the thing. When you finish, you defend yourself. But that's not, I'm not taking to the extreme. All, all I'm saying is that realistically or reasonably, obey according to the scriptures. That's the rule of engagement. Now, there are many believers who have no understanding of spiritual rules of engagement. We are in the kingdom, but we don't have the rules of engagement. We are not operating by the rules of engagement. When it comes to leadership, we don't have the rules of engagement. When it comes to relationship, marriage, rules of engagement don't work. Even courtship. That's why these days, a lot of people, before they marry, they are already living together. And all, because they don't understand that marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. It's a rule of engagement. There are many rules of engagement about every aspect of our lives that the scripture has coded. That when we are guided by, we are saved from evil influence. But when you are living a life where you don't have rules of engagement, you don't understand the rules of even spiritual warfare. There are many people who think that, oh, everything in life, when you bind and lose and break, it is over. You will break, you succeed. It's also. Obedience also is a weapon. Faith is a weapon. Love is a weapon. Some, there are certain things that will only happen when you have shown love, when I have shown love. So, it's not only about breaking. Some people do, they go the other, the, another extreme, say, oh, if only I, 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 I'm reverential to God, if I'm only holy, everything will be well. No. There's all, the, the rules of engagement covers a lot of areas. And many believers, because we are ignorant about the, rule, the totality of the rules of engagement in the kingdom, we fall prey. May God help us. David understood the rules of engagement. Amen. Many of us, our marriages are suffering because one of the things that we marry to be happy. I am not happy. Pastor, I'm not happy. Pastor, I'm not happy. He doesn't make me happy. She doesn't make me happy. Marriage is not just for happiness. It's a, it's a wrong rule of engagement to think that you are married to be happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a, it's a wrong rule of engagement. It's not a biblical rule. I can't go into that. I'm not doing a marriage seminar. We don't marry to be happy. Marriage is not only about happiness. You two, what are you doing to make somebody's life happier? What's your contribution? Why are you reaping where you have not sown? It's, it's, a, it's a give and take. It's not her duty to make you happy. Neither is it his duty alone to make you happy. And when we get it all mixed up, it creates problems. Amen. Right choices. How do I overcome evil influence? Every day of our lives, we are making choices about who to go out with, where to stay, what to do, what not to do. Moses, in Hebrews 11, 25, 26, the Bible said, Moses, by faith, chose not to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That was an evil influence coming near his door. Royalty in Egypt versus eternal kingdom of Christ. Going to Canaan. Going to redeem the people of God. That was the, the way God wanted him. But he, he made a choice. 
Many of us assume that, oh, once autopilot, you don't, we don't want to be responsible for our choices. Some of the students, you go to school, you don't learn. You are making a choice to fail. Hallelujah. If you are a trader, you don't do accounts, you don't write anything. You are making a choice to fail. You are a staff of somebody's company. You don't account for the things well. You are making a choice to be fired. It's a choice. You marry, you don't want to keep the home. Male or female, you are making a choice for failure in marriage. Amen. Choices we make. We want spiritually to grow, but we want it only by anointing oil and by prayer on the radio. It doesn't happen. Wait upon the Lord. You renew your strength. It's a choice. The choices we are making, who do you flow with in the church, the kind of friends you keep in the body can determine how strong you grow. The kind of books we read, you can be around for a year, two years, three years, not read one Christian book. And you want to grow, you want to be powerful by anointing, by impartations. It doesn't happen. It's a choice. But meanwhile, you are reading all WhatsApp messages, you are reading every downloaded version of stories, you are watching this soldier who was unfortunately taken, you watch about ten versions of the video. But you haven't had your quiet time for the last seven days. It's a choice. Amen. Preventive prayer is also an antidote to evil influence. Jesus said in Luke 22 verse 40, Watch and pray that you not fall into temptation. So, as we are walking, temptation is all over us. It is through the presence that you will not fall. It, it's like a landmine, like the one that Princess Diana was trying to deal with in Angola. All of us are landmines of temptation, of evil influence. Even your children can influence you evil. <laughs> your children you love that they, you taught them to fear God. They also can be used. Your husband that you so love, he can influence you. The only way we can be delivered from that is to watch and pray. So in the Lord's prayer, what do we say? Deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Amen. So everyday prayer is an antidote to being influenced by evil. If you don't pray, and that prayer, I'm not talking about prayer or requesting for, I want a shirt, I want a cow, or a house, or a car. Prayer that gets you close to God, that invokes the presence of God. You see, he says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. When the presence of God envelops you, the enemy flees. Hallelujah. Know people who they are. Jesus, John 2, 24. He knew what was the man. Paul said, if I or somebody else even come to preach to you a different gospel than I taught you, don't even take it. Let me take this very important message. Be responsive and not reactive. Time will allow me to explain this. This is a very deep one. Be responsive, not reactive. Many of us are often responsive. Uh, reactive, sorry. When we say you are responsive, it means think through things. Think through. When you say, I'm leaving her, I'm leaving him. What are the implications of I'm leaving him, I'm leaving her? If you threaten your wife or your husband, I'll beat you. I'll kill you. 
I'll do this. What is the implication? Have you thought about the implication of that threat? If you label your spouse and say foul things about him or her and tell her, let her feel like rubbish, no value, and then you come again and you want to be with that person, what are the implications? When you are responsive, even if they have provoked you, you see, because when you are responsive, you, are, you would have thought through that she is born of your bone flesh. So, so you, 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 even though they have provoked you, you are careful what you say. The reason why many of us are respond, uh, 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 give in to evil influences, many times we are very reactive. What can what is on your heart? Quick. Or what, your anger, you have expressed it. After that, what are the effects? Responsive behavior are Think through the consequence of their actions. That is why, even though we may get angry, that's what scripture says, be angry, but do not sin. That is responsive behavior. You have a knife there, you are angry, but the, 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 the reactionary person will say, it means, if you annoy me, I'll just cut it back. But the responsive person knows that if I destroy this person, there will be consequences. Not just the law, but before God, I have to answer. And this person that I so love, it will hurt. And I have to now nurse her. I have to nurse him. And you know that the woman is a weaker vessel. So I can't abuse. I can't. I, I will feel guilty. I will feel ashamed. So don't matter the provocation. I am careful. I am restrained. So that's responsive behavior. So sometimes we are all, we just like mere men, like uh, C.S. Lewis says. We are, we are ordinary, ordinary people. Who, are, who have flesh and blood, who can react the same way. But, Joe Bicham also then, or check him out, let me check. The Holy Ghost checks us. So we, are, we, we become responsive. We want to do things in response to evil influence. But the Holy Ghost checks you and you become responsive. You think through it and say, ah, this one, the consequence is too much. Then you hold. Amen. Last but not the least, let me say this. There are certain situations, no matter how strong you are, you have to flee. There are certain evil influences, no matter how, like Joseph had to flee. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.22, flee also, youthful last. There are certain things, don't make yourself too macho. Don't, there are certain work environments, a child of God, if you are in a pub working, I'm telling you, you, you can't survive easily. It's not easy. You have to pray that God will take you out of that place quickly. If it means that sometimes you have to even leave that work and be hungry for a prayer, please do. Because I don't know how you are going to survive in that place. The kind of environment. There are certain seeming opportunities in life that become daily temptations for evil influence. Every day, Satan is beckoning at your door. And it can be too much. Harassment. I pray that God will help us. That we will even though the world is evil, we will not be afraid of the evil. We shall overcome. Say amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. I don't know what is beckoning at your door. As Cain, sin was beckoning at his door. Say something to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Whatever is coming to me, evil influence that may be coming, whatever channel, First and foremost, Lord, open my eyes to see that I will not fall prey to any evil influence, whether in word or in deed. Help me, O oh Lord. 
Lord, give me the courage if I have to flee. And it may be at a cost. Sometimes when you are fleeing, it means you lose certain benefits. But may God help us. May God help us to act in a responsive way through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. May God help us to understand the rules of engagement. To know ahead of time what to do and what not to do. And to make the right choices so we don't find ourselves always blaming ourselves and feeling guilty and the accuser taking advantage of us. Sometimes some of us I know have been in cycles and cycles and cycles and say, oh Lord, this one I want to stop. Oh Lord, this one I want to stop. And the same influence is there. May God open your eyes to see the antidote. There is something fundamental which must change. Maybe that environment has to change. Maybe a bold decision ought to be taken. May God bring solution in the name of Jesus. May a remedy come by divine providence. In the name of Jesus. Let not evil rule over us, O Lord. Deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation. Let your grace abound. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.